0: Welcome, Welcome everybody, to um, the Armour Report. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Thanks for being here. It's a Monday, a lot to unpack today. I titled today's episode, Stock Market Crash 2019, How to Trade and Invest. Um, Let me start by saying, I'm not calling a crash right now, but I am trying to jog your senses awake, because what's unfolding could lead to that, and I want to save you that pain. So we're going to talk about it today. I'm going to go over the things that are occurring to me after 30 years of doing this professionally and really investing my whole life. When you start to see these things add up, at the very least, you have to entertain the thought that... Um, a major market pitfall could be in front of you. So get your mind thinking about if A, B, and C occurs, how do I protect capital? That's what we're going to start talking about today. I have for you uh, right up here, every day we do this video, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1130 I put this up here. It's a bear paw, just to remind you the type of market we're dealing with right now. So I'm going to to unpack all that. Before I get there, let's talk about the obvious, right? This is a live trading desk. I'm managing my own capital. I'm managing capital for high net worth investors through our interactive brokers relationship. I do this for you because, number one, not everybody can work with me. They don't have the asset base. That doesn't mean I shouldn't share my information. So when I can, I get on here, and I try to share with you what it is I'm doing, okay? Um, It's not just altruistic. I also do it because it helps me order my own thinking. I really appreciate you guys for being subscribers and being here every day and listening because it keeps me honest. If I'm talking to you about it, I better go out there and try to execute it myself, And so it really helps me. So thank you for being here and being a part of this. Um, It's a live trading desk. The phones might ring. I might have to go do some things. I'm involved in trades and investments as we're speaking right now. So forgive me if I have to break for a second. Uh, I'm also going to get to, at the end of this show, a couple of things. Our favorite topic, the cannabis investments. Our favorite investing theme are the cannabis stocks. So I'm going to address a couple of issues I want you guys to be aware of this week, and I'm going to wrap it up with a subscriber question to clarify my stop-loss discipline. I spoke to you guys I think last Wednesday about stop-losses and how to protect capital. So I'm just going to answer this subscriber question, and I appreciate the question. Don't forget, guys, comment on the video. Let me know what you're thinking, and I'm more than happy to um, – to answer questions and try to share with you uh, more of my thoughts. Excuse us. Hi. Hey, Precious. We're live on the air right now. Would you like to say anything to our subscribers? Yeah. What would you like to say? Hug. A hug. She'd like to give you all a hug. <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. You precious girl. That is odd Okay. All right, guys, that, that quite frankly is the love of my life. So it's my two-year-old daughter. Thanks for that little indulgence. Okay, um, I'm not going to get this smile off my face the rest of the day. <laughs> so um, how do I talk about investments? You got a little one like that wanting to come in and give you a hug because that's what life's all about, right? I mean that's what it's all about. That's why I sit around and do this all day, really for her and for my son. Okay, let's get back to it. Let's try to get serious. Stock market crash 2019. I'm not sure we're there yet, but here are the issues. And it starts with this question that I'm so embarrassed to ask is this time different? It's different this time, right? We get drilled into our heads so frequently that this time is never different. Okay, So every time you think this time is different, you just lose money. And so uh, traditional financial media is constantly trying to um, um, turn you into an investing zombie. They don't want you to think They don't want you to do anything other than put your money into the market. They want you to believe the market always goes up, and they want you to try to forget about 2008. Now, I lived through 2008. I made money in 2008 because I was using my brain. Now, there have been other years since 2008 where using my brain got me in trouble. Okay, I would defend portfolios or I would go short the market. market would just charge higher because the Fed or the central banks around the world would come out and buy assets. And so they've kind of um, really almost destroyed the hedger. Anybody out there hedging has been made such a fool of in the last decade um, that – I literally feel uncomfortable having this conversation with you guys. Should I even be talking about it? Because central banks always bail us out. The Fed's lowering rates. The Fed's no longer reducing its balance sheet. So how low can the market really go? I don't know. Okay. Should I stop thinking? Should I stop using my brain because the Fed always bails us out? I can't do that. Okay. I just can't. I've been doing this too long – for too many decades, okay, and you still have to use your brain. You can't just hope that the Fed will bail you out. So here are some things that are bothering me. Let's start with this chart pattern. I'm going to put it up here for you to see, okay? That's a chart pattern of the small cap index. The small cap index is always the canary in the proverbial coal mine. Small caps always break down before the rest of the market. The reason is small caps don't have the same institutional sponsorship. So what we're looking at right here is a daily chart of IWM. You can see a clear head and shoulders pattern developing on a longer term and a shorter term prospect. And we are now challenging that what they call neckline. This is just traditional technical analysis. I put a question mark in there for the arrows down. I don't know if the break's going to happen. But that's a nasty-looking head and shoulders. Okay? That's a nasty-looking head and shoulders. I don't know if the break's going to happen. Right? If the Fed comes out, lowers the interest rates 50 basis points and starts adding to its balance sheet again in September, the market's not going down that much. I don't know. I mean, between now and the next Fed meeting, the market could get hammered. It's possible. So we might have a window of a month or so in here. So you've got to be very careful in this market right now. Because if that chart pattern breaks down, the whole rest of the market's going to follow it. And that's an ugly head and shoulders. So we had this massive divergence so far this year where the big cap indexes have gone a lot higher. The S&P, the NASDAQ hit all-time new highs, and small caps – let's look at it again, guys. Look how small caps never got to new highs this year and are struggling with that green downtrending line, which is the 200-day moving average now. That's a major struggle for the small-cap index. Now, the reason it's struggling so much is that 25% of that index are small-cap banks. So we've got yield curve inversions, we've got interest rates plummeting, and typically banks don't do well in that environment. We have a lot of signs of recession coming. Banks do better in a normal yield curve, a steepening yield curve. We have an inverted yield curve. That's bearish for banks. So so we we have to understand the makeup of IWM. It's 25% financials. Financials are suffering. Financials are breaking down. I highlighted a couple weeks ago that maybe this was the time for financials to break out. If you remember a couple weeks ago, I had a, a video where we looked at Uh, a KBE and KRE. And I said, look at this. This could be breaking out higher. Maybe it's time for small caps to finally catch up. And instead they failed miserably. So if we break that neckline, be very careful. That's number one. Then I look at, are things different? Are things changing? What's changing? Well, ever since the Fed and central banks have been manipulating markets higher by buying assets Across the board, precious metals have suffered, and yet here's a chart of gold, GLD. Gold, on a weekly level, has broken three downtrends. Anybody who knows Fibonacci sequences knows that when you're in a downtrend, when you finally break that third downtrend line, which is this red thin line on the down. You have now changed direction, and a new trend is starting, and that's clearly what's happened for gold. So that's something new. Why is that happening for gold? Is that um, a safety net people are beginning to buy because they see real unrest coming around the world? Maybe it's got to do with Hong Kong and the protests and what China is going to do about it. Maybe it's got to do with you know, uh, investors finally getting fed up with Trump and China and trade wars. I don't know. I don't care. I read and react on my desk. I just read and react. I don't try to sound smart and come up with reasons for why things are happening. I just say this is happening. What does it mean for investing? Major trend change in gold, and believe me, silver's doing the same thing. I could put a picture of silver up on Wednesday if you want to see it. You can go do it yourself. So we've got small caps building a head and shoulders that looks like they're going to break down. They haven't broken down yet, but it looks like it. We have gold having broken a multi-year downtrend and is rocketing higher. So fear is out there, and big-time investors are plowing money into those metals. um these are problems and of course to wrap up this thought when i say is this time different at some point in our life the fed's going to get behind the curve they're going to miss it and the market's going to go into uh, economy is going to go into a recession the market's going to sniff that out way in advance and sell off aggressively And then the Fed will have to do catching up. And we don't know how aggressive the Fed will be in catching up. I think that's the philosophical reason why things are getting more dangerous in the market. Everybody keeps betting that the Fed knows what it's doing and the Fed will keep supporting the market and the Fed will always support equity prices. But what happens if the market loses confidence in the Fed? And until such time as the Fed does something drastic to regain confidence, you get a stock market that goes down a lot. And it's possible that Chairman Powell has made a number of missteps. And market participants are starting to get nervous. And they're starting to shoot first and ask questions later. That last Fed meeting, people really wanted a 50 basis point cut. Only 25 basis points. Everything's fine, the Fed says. Well, those of you who were around in 2008 might remember that Ben Bernanke told us over and over again, there's no financial crisis coming. Don't worry. Fed's got everything under control. Do you guys remember that? Were you there for that? 2007, 2008, everything's okay. Ben Bernanke said that over and over and over again until the market imploded. And then he started doing things in in January, February. Was it March? March of 2009 to start really supporting the market. So we've forgotten what it's like when a Fed misses on their guesses. That's all they're doing. And things get ugly. And then they have to mop up. Between now and then, there could be a serious loss in your equity portfolio. So, don't fall asleep. I'm not saying to run out there and put a bunch of shorts on right now. I'm just saying be aware of what's happening and protect capital. Now, let's wrap up with this issue. A um, couple of thoughts. First of all, the market seems to always recover on Tuesdays. We call it Turnaround Tuesday. You've seen, I think Jim Kramer was the one that coined that phrase, and he's been right. Market looks like it's falling apart, and then Tuesday, there's this massive recovery rally. So that may happen again tomorrow. So the question is, we're looking for bear paws. We're looking for footprints. We're stalking the bear, I like to say. So we've got gold blowing out, silver blowing out. We have small caps making a head and shoulders. These are footprints. So if there's a Tuesday that fails, the market tries to rally Tuesday and plummets into the close – that would be a footprint that something's changing in the market. And that would get us to be more cautious, if we can be any more cautious. Our algorithms have already told you raise your maximum amount of cash and be patient. We'll wait for the next opening. And I told you on Friday, we had a couple of indexes, small caps being one of them, that gave us a risk on opportunity. what I said to you is on our trading desk, we need confluence. So even though the NASDAQ, Qs, and the small caps gave risk-on opportunities, the Dow and the the S&P did not. And so we don't put money to work. We need all four of the big guys, the S&P, the Dow, NASDAQ 100, and the small cap index, giving us risk-on signals within a 24- to 48-hour period of each other. So I told you Friday, we need to see a big recovery this afternoon that gets this S&P and the Dow positive so we can buy everything or remain in a cash position and be patient. So there was no big recovery Friday, and we're getting weakness at the open on Monday, gap down. Now, we're going to see where we end up today. Market could try to rally higher. It could rally higher. My real question is what happens on Tuesday? If we see that paw print show up. Of a failure on Tuesday that'll get me a little more bearish. All right so those are my thoughts there. let's let's move on. This was a wake-up call to hopefully get you to think about what's happening in the market. This was not me telling you what to do. In fact, I never tell you what to do if I don't know you. okay so you got to make your own decisions. This is for educational purposes to help you think through the process of investing. How do you use that as an investor? If you're a conservative guy, and you're just a long-term buy-and-holder, and you've got some cash now, it just means you wait for better opportunities to put that cash to work. If you're an aggressive guy who likes to short, it means you start getting your, um, your targets set up. So if these things unfold, you start putting short positions out. Okay. That's how you use this information. A couple of thoughts. We've got three big uh, earnings announcements this week for the cannabis companies. So I'm switching gears now. Let's talk about cannabis. You know we're long MJ at the moment. Okay, we've got our stops set up. I already talked to you guys about that last week. So we've got our setup there. We're entering right on the long-term support going back to August of last year. And now we're going to get a canopy. Growth, Tilray, and my favorite, let me hear you say it, Charlotte's Web. It's this week, guys, three earnings announcements. I can't wait to see how these stocks react. It's the reaction to the news, not the news that I care about. I don't care if Canopy Growth has a kitchen sink quarter and totally blows it. If the stock sells off immediately but recovers and holds a support area, then we know all the bad news is in these stocks, and it's probably going to be a gradual rise higher into the end of the year, assuming that the stock market doesn't implode, okay? Um, these stocks are down a lot into the news, so who knows? We could get surprised with a decent number, okay? So I'm not necessarily running out there and playing the individual stocks in front of the news, although I do own – just you know, full disclosure – uh, Charlotte's web is my number one stock bar none in the cannabis investment theme. And you guys know this, I've been talking about it for a long time. So full disclosure, I own that stock. Um, and, and to be fair, I, I got a big gain in the stock already. So it's not like I bought it up here. I bought it a lot cheaper and I continue to invest in that stock and nothing gets me off of that stock because it's just a simple consumer package goods play in the, in the hottest space, in the entire cannabis theme at the moment. Will there be other stocks that have a bigger run in the next 10 years as marijuana gets approved um, from a federal level? Absolutely. But for right now, the world we're living in right now where institutions are putting money to work, whenever they want to put money to work in a cannabis play, it's got to be in something like a Charlotte's web. Charlotte's web trades in the Toronto stock exchange, right? Maybe they're going to be listed at some point. We think this year, on either the New York or the or the NASDAQ uh, exchanges. Maybe we'll find out about this on this earnings call. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the earnings are going to be, by the way. It could be a miss. They're spending a lot of running money right now ramping up. Right, They've gone from 4,000 to 8,000 stores in the last uh, uh, seven months. So they've more than doubled their store count. It's actually more than 8,000 stores. They've more than doubled their store count in the first seven months. uh, Months of this year, so they got to ramp up production capabilities. So who knows? Maybe this quarter is a quarter of big expenses, and we'll see the profits, profit margins increase later in the year. The stock might go down on that. So uh, I'm just look. um, Fundamentally, it's my favorite investment. I haven't the slightest idea what the quarter is going to be. So just take that as you know uh, for for what it is. Don't run out there and buy just because it's my favorite name. Okay, I own it cheaper. And I've got profits that I'm, um, I'm, I'm willing to put at risk. Uh, and if it comes down on news, depending on what the news is like, I'll probably add to it. Okay? But let's get past this week. If those three earnings announcements can hold uh, – uh, the, the reaction to those announcements can hold these lows, then I really think we have a staging area for these stocks to go higher, assuming that the stock market you know, is not uh, entering a, 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 a real bear market. Because if that happens, everything goes down. It doesn't matter what the stock is. They'll all get crushed. Um, And we'll get a chance to buy them cheaper. That would be great, actually. I mean, we've got a lot of cash anyway, right? So if they wreck the whole market and they wreck the cannabis stocks, God, we'll be picking those things up for nothing. It will be great. But anyway. um, Okay, last uh, last thing. I'm just going to address the subscriber question about um, stop losses and how I use them. The question was, is it intraday or end of day? When we when we um, execute on our stop losses, and I'm I'm sorry I don't have a simple answer for this. There's not one or the other. Okay, it could it it depends on the asset that I'm trading, the time frame that I'm looking at. So if it's a long term investment, then probably end of day is my stop. So that's between 3:30 and 4. If it's below my stop, I'm gone. Okay. If it's a short-term trade, I might be gone earlier in the day. So it's really, it really changes. I will tell you this though, statistically speaking, now don't forget, I, um, most of what I do during the day uh, um, is work on our algorithms, their day trading algorithms and their multi-day investment algorithms. And so what we can do with computer technology and and AI is um, test a, a number of different results, change a couple of things and see what falls out at the end, and we get statistical probability information. And then you know we use that information to manage assets. So I'm going to tell you something that we've learned, which is very interesting. On the S&P, SPY is the ETF that we trade and invest in. We also use SSO, which is an ETF that has uh, twice the performance of the S&P. And I love investing in that because it's like I can get growth stock type returns without the risk of an individual stock, right? So if we get the market run correctly and we have an asset that has twice the performance of the market, it's like owning a growth stock without the added risk of individual stock risk. Anyway, I digress. We were doing work on an intraday algorithm recently recently. this is probably, I don't know, maybe six months ago, just crunching incredible amounts of data trying to answer this question of stop losses. And a miraculous thing fell out. Um, I was working with my partner and I said to him, Look, so Bill, just let's just get rid of all of our stops and make the stop end of day on this particular strategy. I want to see how it affects profitability. This is an intraday strategy long only buying weakness on the S&P. So I said, here's the particular type of weakness. where We know we're doing that. What if we just went EOD? So in other words, if the weakness occurs during the day and our algorithm triggers the right risk on buy opportunity for an intraday trade, so the reward is worth the risk we're taking, what happens if we just hold it all day? let's go crunch numbers over the last decade. And let's focus on the last five years. What would happen? And the crazy thing was there was a statistically significant better return if we just used EOD than any other stop during the intraday on an intraday trading strategy. Now, what does that tell you? It tells you in the last five years, we've been in a pretty serious uptrend in the market. But then we look back at periods in the last five years where the market was cratering, and we still had a better return over those periods on our intraday trading strategy. So why does EOD work? Now, it makes you suffer right? because normally you want to get out of that stop. We should get out, and the thing plummets during the day. you know, like, oh, my God, look at the loss here. Look at the drawdown. But by end of day, the asset would be at or above our original stop a statistically significant amount of time. Now, it doesn't mean I want to trade that way because there were some big losses in there. You had to suffer intraday to get back to break even by the end of the day. And every now and then, you took it in the neck. But the thing is, every now and then was very infrequent. So what that taught us is not to start using EOD as my exits, but there's a strong statistical probability that the S&P will rally into the close after getting wrecked during the day. So if it gets wrecked and you get long and it goes lower, there's a huge statistical probability it's going to rally into the close. So I don't know how you can use that information because this is a moving target. We're constantly refining our algorithms. But I just found that piece of information so interesting to me. Um, and it had a profound effect on how we trade intraday. But to wrap up this thought, there is no one answer. It depends on the asset, it depends on the time frame. Um, but you know a, a lot of the times I like for that, that the stop is not a hard stop. When we hit that stop price, we have different offsets. Based on the volatility of the asset we're trading, both top day and multi day. So even then, we hit a stop. But there are different offsets. What that means is, yeah, the, 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 let's say the stop is twenty dollars a share on something. Um, we might be selling it at nineteen ninety five, nineteen ninety, nineteen seventy five. Right? That a seventy five cents would be an offset, right? Twenty five cent offset from the stop. So the offsets move. All right, guys, that's it for us. Thanks for your time today. I look forward to talking to you again on um, Wednesday. Certainly, if you like this, please let me know. Click that like button, comment, ask me questions. I'll try to answer it like I did today. And um, don't forget to subscribe and build our subscriber base. we get to 200, I'm going to share with you some information of stocks that are in my portfolio. And right now, we're up to 189, so we're not too far away from that day. All right, guys?